Hello everybody, this is Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. You might know me as the death probe or occasionally the Christmas probe. And I want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a happy holiday season, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful winter. Thanks for listening to the Long Box Crusade. Thanks for spending your holidays with us. We look forward to seeing you in the new year. You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusade Miss 2021, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. No, wait, hey, wait, wait. Y'all forgot to sing my favorite Christmas carol. The 12 Days of Christmas. No, not that one. A one, a two, a one, two, three, no. four. I'm the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a fire-breathing dragon just for me. Yeah. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me And a fire-breathing dragon just for me. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three little pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two wheat rats. And a fire-breathing dragon just for me. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four exploding birds. <laughs> three little pigs. Two wheat rats. And a fire-breathing dragon just for me. Let me guess. Five onion rings. Five onion rings. Oh, I knew it. Four exploding birds. Three little pigs. Two weed rats. And a fire-breathing dragon just for Nine quantums leaping. Hello and welcome to the ninth day of the 12 Days of Crusade Miss for 2021. Brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. 12 Days of Crusade Miss is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. We're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic book series, brought to you either by one of our Holly Jolly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. But you know what? The guests are all gone. It's just the crew in the studio, warm, cozy, just us, the occasional Mary Jane, possibly Christopher Walker. But it's just us, nice and quiet. I like this time of year, guys. I do. It's nice. It's peaceful around here at this it time. It is. It is. And and yeah. we're this. If it's my episode, that means this episode, and then three more, and then it's Chris. That'll be Christmas Day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, so we are getting really close. Of course, I'm your host for this ninth day of Crusaders. I'm Jared Albrecht, the Christmas Probe. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. What was it before you changed it? <laughs> Always count on MJ. And here are the three wise men of my personal nativity scene joining me for today's unwrapping. Let's start with Delvin, the Christmas Web Williams. Merry Christmas, Jared. Merry Christmas, Delvin. Well, I know we all are, you know, excited about the holidays approaching and, you know, we're let it snow is a very popular phrase around this time of year. And I just wanted to spread that to you guys. So in your stockings, I'm just going to spoil it for you, is a copy of a snow CD from, you know, the Canadian rapper. Oh, and you got you got all of his greatest hits. There's there's Informer. Informer. Liggy Boom Boom Down, yeah. And uh, the remix of Informer, I assume. Yes, yes, uh, the Informer remix. Um, possibly an Informer dubstep. Mm-hmm. Um, house mix of Informer. Licky Dub, yep. Yes, yes. <laughs> Captain America felt like when he got thought out of the ice. Jason's got nothing on it on Snow and Informer. 
He's about to, though. It's in his stocking. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just, just, just go ahead and put it in your eight-track player, Jason. I got you an eight-track, and, and you'll be able to get caught up at least until about 1992. <laughs> the informer eight-track. And seven tracks are going to waste. <laughs> 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 that was eight tracks. Eight track. Took me in the station, black up my hands. Hang me down because I'm hanging with the snowman. <laughs> you know the lyrics. God That's bless the rapid part. Why he's the DJ. <laughs> oh my goodness. Come on, oh, I love man. snow. All right. <laughs> All right. Well then, since he's already in the festive snow spirit, I want to welcome... Pat, the Christmas DJ, Christatos Kringle. Oh, uh, hold on, Jared. I got I just... Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to have to cancel the uh, nine dancing ladies. Yeah, um, yeah, Jared said he just likes it when it's just us four now, so... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, let's not... You don't have to come. Let's okay, not get thanks. out of hand. Bye. Wait, no, oh, uh, Pat. No, what? <laughs> I mean, what? what? Who would say no to nine dancing ladies? Well, you said you liked it when it's just us four hanging out now, and you like. So I'm like, I was gonna surprise you guys for all the help you did with doing the lights and all that, and decorations, and oh, you know, that reminds me. Maybe I get some dancing ladies in here, and but you know, it's okay. Maybe next year. How'd you get back inside? weren't you locked out during the eighth day of Christmas? <laughs> I found a way. I found a way. Don't worry. Uh, I you know I eventually got back in. Yeah. Came down the chimney. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, well, if you want to bring the nine dancing ladies in. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I just canceled it. so I Goodness. All right, Jason, the Christmas skull, welcome back. Well, thank you, fellas, and Merry Christmas. I mean, we're getting close to the big day. And, uh, hey, boys. Oh, no. Mary Jane, this is my time. It's my, yeah, you just go get me some eggnog, baby. I got some things to say. First of all. Which of you canceled the nine ladies dancing? That's how I make my money, baby. Come on now. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were involved in that one, but sorry. I'll tell you what. I was going to get you all a present this year. But you know what happened? I put it in a quantum leap accelerator and it vanished. Hey, Christmas suckers. Cancel my day. Now I got to tell these eight ladies that we ain't got no money tonight. Give me my eggnog. Dang, what'd you guys do, man? She's, she's in a mood. Anyway, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Doing the math on like the value of that bit versus the twelve minutes. <laughs> That's a funny bit. But... <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, MJ always uh, makes an uh, impression. Well, you guys don't have to ask me because I'm going to tell you. I brought something. It's gift wrapped. It's in my stocking. And as you heard the singing intro today, it's nine quantum's leaping, which means we're unwrapping. Quantum Leap number one. It's 1991, published by Innovation. Here's a brief history of the series and its creators, and I'm going to actually follow the script and keep it at 60 seconds or less. It was written by George Broderick Jr. Art for issue one is Mark Jones, lettered by Vicki Williams, colored by Scott Rockwell, and the cover is by C.W. Taylor. I see you bopping to Rockwell in your head over there, Pat. I think somebody's watching me. Almost made that joke myself. At this point, innovation went hard on licensed properties. They got the Nightmare on Elm Street license, the Chucky license, Psycho, 
Dark Shadows, Anne Rice's novel universe, and Don Pendleton's The Executioner novel series. They went all in on licensed properties, and they actually met with a mild bit of success for a little bit. They became the number four publisher after Marvel, DC, and Dark Horse, thanks to these licensed properties. But man, licensed properties have a way of coming back to get you at some point, so we could probably talk about that a little later. But let's focus on Quantum Leap. Some of the reasons I love this book are, well, Quantum Leap is my favorite TV show ever. And I mean ever. And when you get the opportunity to see one of your very, very favorite properties in comic book forms, you pass that up? No, no. you don't, Jarrett. You no, don't. that's correct. Absolutely. Christados Kringle. Christmas Web knows. Yeah, no, you don't pass that up. Don't pass it up. So I actually vaguely remember seeing these comic books on the shelf back in the day. Didn't have a lot of the budget for it. This would have been about the time that the Weasel Skull and I were living in the North Carolina area, Fort Bragg, I do believe. So I would maybe get one or two of them here and there. But, I mean, I just love the book because it's a continuation of the TV series. If you guys watch the series, you know there's almost endless amounts of things that Sam can do as he leaps through time. And so I'm a big fan of the Quantum Leap novels and, of course, the comics. Why wouldn't I do that? So pretty simple to explain why I love it so much. Now, have any of you guys ever read any Quantum Leap comics before? Script says I start with Jared. Yes, I have. Delvin. I have not read Quantum Leap comics. Uh, and while I cannot claim to be as big of a Quantum Leap fan as you did, I watched the heck out of the show when it was on NBC back in the day. Very much a fan and have a uh, love and affectation for Quantum Leap. Excellent. That might help me with some candy cane ratings later on. Because I guess the real question is going to be, because I think everybody here has seen Quantum Leap, how does it stack up? Does it carry the property well? I guess we'll get to that. But let's find out. Jason, have you read Quantum Leap comics before? No, I've never read the comic before. Like Delvin, I was a fan of the show, though, so very familiar with the show and enjoyed it. All right, Pat. Quantum Leap comics, yes or no? No. And I am not a fan of the show, per se, that I have not watched enough. So unlike Delvin and Jason... When it came on, I was like, uh, I, I kind of know the concept, but I've never watched a full episode. So if that's helpful, probably not. You just got Jared, Jared, Jared. Mm. I mean, people can't see this. I'm, I'm just putting my hand on Jared's chest. Just okay. just gently, reassuringly, I'm calming him down. It's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm saying that. Uh, okay, no, that's fair. I have mean, a lot to. I get it. I'm know. that. I'm that way with the X-Files. I've never seen an X-Files. So Me neither. Yep. Yeah. So it's okay. Bits and I mean, pieces of it. Again, I got nothing against it. I got yeah. to it. So that's probably how you are quantum leap. Okay, fair enough. So we got 75% of us big fans of the show, 25% going in a little more open-minded on the comics. I'll we'll be interested in what you have to say, Pat. Let's go for a quick summary of this particular issue, which I asked the team to read. It was just issue one. I mean, you can really pick any of them because the nature of quantum leap is so episodic. And I'll go ahead and tell you that Innovation ended up doing 13 issues of the book, 12 regular issues and a special, which of course I have hardbound because I'm fancy. But let me get to the summary of issue one. Sam leaps into Karen Connors, a young teacher in Memphis, Tennessee in March 1968. His task? To save a remedial learning high school class so the kids don't get lost in life and the program doesn't get shut down. Sam eventually remembers that he's in the right place at the right time to save Dr. Martin Luther King from assassination and is convinced that that's the reason why he's there. 
Eventually, Al is able to convince Sam that his purpose is to save the program and the kids. Sam encourages the kids to go listen to what would be King's final speech, which actually helps them get focused. And the kids are saved, and the school's program continues to save kids from slipping through the cracks. Sam leaps away to his next mission, which starts with him as a convict strapped in an electric chair. So, what did you guys think of this issue starting with Delvin? The beginning of it was very much like the series, you know, hoping each time his next leap would be the leap home. So, yes, that was the very familiar... Um, did you feel warm freaky. inside, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did a little bit. It hit the right cockle. It really did. And I was impressed at how easily the entire thing of Quantum Leap fit into a comic book. It's like, goodness, this could may as well have been a what if issue almost. I mean, because similar type energy. And I tell you what, they didn't skimp on a a safe story or something like that. They they put Sam in drag and they had him talking about uh, racial issues and stuff. And it was like, dang, it didn't just ease into the property, did they? And, and as I have recently found out about properties, like a lot of times when a comic book uh, industry, they deal with a property, they'll get the property and someone's writing the stuff and then they have to give it to like the brand manager of sorts of that property and say, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? And a lot of times they're like, mm, mm-mm, no. So I don't know who the brand manager or the proprietor of the Quantum Leap property was, <laughs> but they're like, yep, the first issue, we're going to have Sam and Drag, and he's going to be talking about Martin Luther King's death. And they're like, okay. I give them credit for a brave choice because the story was fantastic. It was riveting. It really was to where you can completely understand why Sam would want to stop maybe one of the more prolific assassinations in United States history, if not the world. It was a really good story. I thought it was well handled. I thought it was intelligently written and not at all insulting in any way. And with a really, really good ending too. So man, it just, nothing but good for me. Only bad that I would say is there was a, the fight scene that happened when he had to fend off the attackers and I couldn't exactly tell what was happening. The artwork wasn't the, the greatest there, but that's it. A small detraction, really good read. I enjoyed the heck out of it. All right, couple of quick comments. I know that the writer, which was George Broderick Jr., was a big fan of the show and was like just hungry to get this property. And if you've watched the show, and I know you have, I know a couple of you guys have, there are uh, usually kind of get fun episode, kind of serious episode, and poignant episode. And I got the feeling that Broderick was like, I want to hit that poignant episode (laughs) right off the bat. Like you said, bold choice. Just as a... I don't know, warning's too strong of a word for our listeners. If you do delve into the Quantum Leap universe of comics, because it is a licensed property, a lot of times they'll, because they have to spend money on a license, they will try to cut corners in production. And that's, you will get inconsistent art in this book. 
they will change artists a couple of times and sometimes it's pretty good and sometimes it's a little wonky and this one was interesting because i think the artist did everything i think he did his own colors i think he did his own no he had a colorist but he did his own pencils inks so anyway it's inconsistent and uh I've which can it. which can work because we've read some books like say was uh geez bob q for the bond book he likes doing his own like all of that stuff and we asked him why and he was kind of like I just like coloring it so I can make the mistakes that I want to make and I can just color right over them and I understand myself the best. So it does work sometimes, but maybe not so much here. Yeah. Yeah. It's no slight on the artists. I mean, they're out there pumping out a book. I I get it, but, Mm -hmm. but it is inconsistent. I will say that. And I've already taken enough time. So Jason, you've waited patiently. You have almost as deep of a love for quantum leap as I do. So your thoughts, sir. My original thought when I saw that you chose this book and I sat down to read it was concern. I thought I loved the show, but I wondered how it would translate into a comic. Like you said, a lot of these episodes, the show's episodes, were very poignant and involved a lot of dialogue and emotional scenes. Not so much the spectacle, the action that we would associate with a comic book. You know, some had some pretty heavy action in it, but a lot of them really relied on that heart element more than the spectacle element. So I was a little concerned about that. And how would it translate? Would it hold my attention the same way it would on screen? And I have to admit, I was pleasantly surprised because there is a lot of dialogue and there's a lot of scenes in the classroom. And I didn't find myself being distracted. And in fact, you know, I think the artist did the best work in those scenes. I thought that the artist captured the the style of the 60s. I thought just the look, the colors, the environment, I thought he did a very good job. So right off the bat, when I was reading it was, yeah, I felt like I watched an episode. And I guess that's the highest compliment I can I can give to the book. Like Delvin, I got a little bit lost in the action scene. I thought this I, I thought the scene itself was important because it did establish a lot of character development and it solidified relationship between the two characters in the story. So uh, Sam and I can't help me out with the the young man's name. Randy. Um, Randy. Sam and Randy. And and so it was an important scene. But like Delvin, I got a little lost in the action. So I, I agree that that's going to uh, affect the score a little bit. But overall, I was really impressed with this book. And you can tell there was a labor of love in there. I- mm. Jason's cutting out there. I think what he's asking me is, was a writer on the show? I don't know. I don't think so. But like I said, uh, I did read. And I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to read as well. He talks about getting the property at the very beginning. It's a lot of pros on the inside cover so you might have skipped it uh, but it does talk about how excited he was to get the property and all that but no I, I think Jason's right I think you know being a big fan of the show I think the the voices of the characters come through really well I mean I could hear Sam and I could hear Al but you know what let's talk to somebody who doesn't have as much experience with it Pat not a lot of quantum leap experience so you come in a little bit fresher on this what do you think yeah and I think Delvin and Jason have kind of said a lot of what I would normally uh, brought up about this. I was a little trepidatious. Big word there. I think I've, I've, you know, I've only, I only pull that word out once in a while, but 
in reading and this. You said it right, too. So that was good. Well, thank you. I was saw that this had 26 pages or, or so uh, long. I'm like, man, this is going to be an, a long one compared to, you know, a 23-pager. And then I saw that first page with the pros. I'm like, oh, man, should I read this? Should I not read this? I didn't. I kind of, I did a little skimming of it, but then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to read the story and see where it goes here. And so it felt like a TV show. It definitely had the beats and went through some of that as well to where I was intrigued on the story, the characters that were going on, that when reading it, I did it in two nights. I'm like, I'm going to read half of it, 13 pages, and then I'll read the other 13 pages. And so I kind of stopped at 13 and I was like, oh, maybe I can do a little bit more. But I, I kind of paused and waited and then finished it up. But that being said is I think the story could have used a few more pages. Not that I wanted an extended episode, uh, extend more pages to read. But I think this could have played out better in the story with a few more pages in it because there were some scenes and, or panels where it's like they just jumped to something real quick and kind of tried to fill it in with some words or whatever and so you had to kind of piece it together of what was happening but to me i was like man no i want to see that or i want to feel that tension or or kind of that stuff that was going on there more and so the extra pages would have been helpful i agree with the art as well too it was touch and go here in some places uh when he was on he was on with the character and just seeing uh you know scott bakula in a drag like that it was interesting to see uh, I found that really interesting like that. And like, but he pulled it off. He made, he made it look, make sense in all that was happening in it. Cool, man. I'm glad that it sounds like you enjoyed it a bit. I was just looking through my fancy hardcover edition and I can already tell you by issue two, they have a new writer and a new artist in, oh. <laughs> in issue two. So again, you can kind of tell because it's a licensed property. They're probably trying to crank out as many as they can in the time frame they have. So they're putting different writer and artist teams on it. But I can also tell you I've read issue two quite good does this take part in what part of the quantum leap time frame does this take part that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of it you can put it anywhere that's the beauty of quantum leap okay is because he's always leaping around through time i mean there's only certain landmark things like have they done the vietnam episode yet (laughs) because that's really that and the evil leaper are only like the two big forgot about the evil leaper exactly the two big plot points that will kind of lead you to continuity go is this pre or post evil leaper is this pre or post uh vietnam okay because that's where you get to find out about sort of like al and how he lost the love of his life and all that stuff which comes in very important to the last episode which is grossly misunderstood but we don't have the time for me to explain it it was a beautiful last episode but most people don't get it anyway <laughs> don't get me sidetracked <laughs> i am glad that you sound but to answer your question pat it can fit in anywhere it, that's the beauty of quantum leap i mean it's just something that can just keep going and going and going as long as you've got a compelling story to tell that's there's like I said, there's like there's been a handful of novels i want to say between like nine and 12 novels 13 comics and that's the beauty of it it could just so it can leap into any point in time within his lifetime mm-hmm and I've even read a novel where he leapt outside of his lifetime, Revolutionary War era, because I thought it was Civil War. I it was one of his ancestors. I read a Revolutionary War one. Mm. Okay. It was one of his ancestors that was involved, and because it was his ancestor, he could leap into them. Anyways, this will be the longest Crusaders episode. We love Quantum Leap. Welcome to Quantum Cast. <laughs> you know what? Let me You've just heard give, that before. Let me just let you guys do the candy cane scale. All right. It's the official Crusaders candy cane scale on a scale of one to 12 candy canes. 
12 being extremely interested in more Quantum Leap and one being no interest at all. How many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues, all the other 12, <laughs> of this title, Pat? Well, Jerry, you know, I rate my Crusade Miss stuff on a scale of uh, humor, heart, action, and art. I call it the ha scale. So It's very um, clever. Yes. Ha. It's ha. That one. It's ha. I see you. Yeah. It took me a while. You know how long? It took me a couple of days to figure that out. But anyway, there was some humor in this, but not a lot. Heart, definitely. This thing had it all over with heart on either sides here. Uh, action, just that one action part and the art E. So all that said, with your enthusiasm in that, uh, I'm going to give this a eight. I'll take, you know, I- I'm interested in four now. More. As Quantum Leap grows on you, the score will go. And you know, maybe, maybe I need to watch the show now. <laughs> you know? I'd recommend it. If you want to do a podcast on it, let me know. We can. All right. Eight candy canes from Pat. Not bad for someone who's not into Quantum Leap. But, you know, is being into Quantum Leap going to help or hurt here? Let's find out. Delvin. It helps for me. I'm going to give it 11. I enjoyed it immensely. It reminded me of an episode. And it, re- it reminds me of an episode of a show that I like, that's kind of like a cascading effect of awesomeness. It reminded me of the show, which made me smile. It was an episode, it reminded me of an episode of the show that I liked, which made me smile. They were able to adapt that to a comic book format, which was really cool, which means that it was a good idea. That made me smile. So, and then just getting to see the characters of Al and Sam again and hearing them talk about Gushy and everything and seeing Al kind of make these, you know, the perverted jokes and everything because he's a big perv. It, it just the whole thing. It, it was definitely comfort food for the soul. And so I enjoyed it. It made me smile. I would read more of it. So very high marks for me. E11. I love it. All right. Jason, finish it up, sir. Yeah, it's going to help for me. As far as the humor goes, I can understand Pat's point, but for me, because I was familiar with the show, I couldn't help but read Al's parts and Dean Stockwell's voice. <laughs> so it had me chuckling throughout, right? Even though it's a very serious topic. So I'm giving it a three. The heart, I agree with Pat 110%. This book is all about the heart. Uh, how heartbreaking is it for Al to realize he's been leaped into this time? He's there he could physically stop the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. And it's not his assignment. He can't do it. And I'll give a shout out to the writing for Al too, not wanting to tell him because he hadn't quite put it together yet. And the anger that Sam has that Al didn't tell him, it just really had all the elements of the show right there. Solid three for me. Spectacle, I'm going to give it a two. Uh, Like I said, the action scene was a little clunky, but give them props for taking a very psychological type story, a very emotional type story, and laying it out on the page in a way that kept me interested. So two for that. In art, we talked about it. I'm still going to give the artist a two because I really like the pencils. I like the shading. I like the colors. The action scenes could have used a little work, but still, that's a solid two for me. So... All told, I'm at a ten. I'm gonna throw, uh, I'm gonna throw another point on there for your love for it, Jared. So I'm gonna wind up with Delvin at an eleven. 
Awesome. Awesome. I give it a four. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Joke never gets old. Uh, Jared, Jared, you can't give it a four because Sam didn't leap into like Cyclops' body. <laughs> Ooh, that was a cool fight. story. I might be interested in that. All right. Sam and Evil Leaper having a mind fight. <laughs> oh, then that loses points. <laughs> All right. Let me give one last recommendation for this series. Basically, as the guys laid out for you. If you liked Quantum Leap, the TV show, you're going to like Quantum Leap, the comic. The only fair warnings I have for you are the art is inconsistent. Although I will say that C.W. Taylor does some really beautiful covers and I, I don't know if C.W. Taylor's male or female, by the way, but whoever, whichever, the artist on the covers is really good and that part is consistent. I believe they use them on every cover, which is pretty cool. So anyway, if you're a fan of it, check it out. There's only 13 issues. It's kind of easy to put together through via dollar bin but like if you try to buy the whole 13 issue set on ebay people are kind of charging a premium because they're looking for people like me <laughs> like me i want to say i ended up getting the 13 issues as a set on ebay for like 45 dollars, but it was worth it to me so factor that in folks so anyway if you like the show chances are you're gonna like the comic book. all right i'm just glad that you guys loved it and except for pat who went too low that will wrap up this ninth day of the 12 days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover on this series, or especially if you give one of our recommendations a try, like you give Quantum Leap a try. We want to know what you think about it. Are you big on it like Jason and Delvin and I are? Well, you know the rest of that sentence. Anyways, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. It's all at Longbox Crusade, or you can email any comments to contact at longboxcrusade.com. If you're loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen last year, or you just want to hear more Crusademus, scroll on back in your feed and you can find all the episodes of Crusademus Past 2020, 2019, 2018, or listen to it all start in 2017 as Jason takes a hammer to the brittle brittle shield in like one of the very first times we ever did this <laughs> thanks for listening everyone be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox crusade studios until then dj cristados kringle play one of my favorite christmas jams wicked wicked weed 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 In a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go Laughing all the way Bells on Bob till ring Making spirits bright Oh, what fun it is to sing A singing song tonight A Jingle bells, jingle bells Jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride In a one-horse open sleigh It is to ride a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle 
is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. All right. First off, you can't ladies name. The internet has I'll once again money, protected baby. us from Jason's bits. I'll this I'll is the second time money. the internet has saved us from Jason tonight. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even make it past first off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was me for a second. No, I was like, no. No, oh, great. The internet saved us once tonight. I don't know if it's going to do it again. Nah, nah, I got to get this bid. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes later. <laughs> kind of bad. Nope, nope, got worse, got better. And go. You know what happened? I did get you present, but I'm in a quantum leap accelerator and it vanished. <laughs> Merry Christmas, suckers. Give yeah, me okay. that eggnog. We're gonna have to uh, take it back to. Uh, I did get you a present this year. That that actually is very f- funny. It's always killing moments, man. You know, I wasn't fully into the Christmas spirit vibe of this thing when I scored that. <laughs> that sh- the, the shield, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's a three. I give it a negative eight. Jason's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be a professional comic book reviewer. Screw it. That sucks. Going to rub my feet on your couch. But you should really check out this cool 
red whatever that was. Red Star. Red Star. Hey, issue two's I, coming this year, guys. I heard you talking <laughs> about my Red Star. Get ready to read Red Star. T- you know what? Giant size Red Star. You <laughs> <laughs> got me. Uh, die on mute now.